0: You are listening officially to Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. This is the radio show, or Sheer, depending on the week, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. It should be a refuel but for anyone who needs, and a Yeshua for anyone who needs. And we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of heroes. We've talked about it before, but always bears to repeat, to talk about the things especially throughout the years to highlight what a real hero is who is a real hero and to delve into some ideas and sources throughout the idea of what it really means a hero oftentimes is depicted in different films and different media in TV shows and movies as someone that wears a, ha- a cape that oftentimes has a superpower some sort of a power that nobody else has miss marvel for example has the ability to to have these different powers that that other people don't have, the Flash goes extremely fast, Hulk is extremely strong, Iron Man is able to use steel and iron, and and uh, all these other characters, these different ones Batman of course is a, is a genius billionaire who's able to make different inventions, Superman is super strong and can fly and extra vision, but really in real life, none of us have those kind of a powers none of us has those different abilities to be able to have that in life because a real hero is not that a real hero, Dean Crane actually gives a quote, someone who played Super man love the real heroes don't wear capes real superheroes wear uniforms and badges and stethoscopes real superheroes are members of our military law enforcement and first responders the doctors the nurses the therapists the police officers the firefighters the first responders those are the people that really are the heroes in life those are the people that really Give to the world and give to society, and we should give back to them too. And the grillie agrees also, my co-host over there. So when you think of the word hero, that's what comes to mind, especially during the pandemic. Who are the people that stepped up to the plate? The doctors, the nurses, and people like that who still had to work, who still had to step up, and still had to figure out how to save lives and save the world one person at a time. The depiction of a true hero, the dictionary defines... A hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. What's a true hero? What defines a true hero? Someone who is able to really have the strength to be able to go against the odds. Someone who does the right thing at the right moment. Someone who even does the right thing even if it seems like the wrong moment or it might be difficult and the moment doesn't seem auspicious to be able to be getting things involved. A real human being, a real hero, someone whose back is against the wall and against all odds, is still able to get forward, to move forward with strength, with will, with cause. Someone who is admired for having done something very brave. Someone who is admired for being able to achieve something very difficult that other people might not be able to do. A hero can be any person, any ordinary person. It could be a dad, it could be a mom, it could be a husband, it could be a father, it could be a teacher, it could be a therapist, it could be a doctor, it could be any person a real hero is a person that is able to work on their own qualities the person who is able to use their courage outstanding achievements and noble qualities unfortunately too often in life too often in society this this idea this depiction of the hero is the is showing us someone who has superpowers, a, a kid who's able to to jump through hoops and jump through walls and and to show up at warp speed? That's not what really a hero is, and it becomes too much immortalized and it becomes too much fantasized and too much exploded totally out of the ordinary, to make it seem unattainable, impossible for the common person to achieve. I could never be a hero. Look what he or she did. That's a real hero. What I am, I'm zero compared to that. We tend to think of our heroes in history, and the Havdal Tanakh, as infallible, picture-perfect images of people that seem itself impossible to touch or reach. We look at the Avos, the Shvat, and Moshe and other leaders were now in Parsha Shmos, looking at Moshe, who didn't even... You know, who was fully clinging to Hashem, didn't even have a regular house and married life, literally lived for Hashem, with Hashem. Very hard to try to attain such a level and, and, and imagine at such a level. Other leaders and kings and prophets, the Tanam and, Amarat, and commentators, we see them as these amazingly heroic and super people. Doesn't help when we read novels, the habla. you should only read those wonderful Jewish novels that we do, but even in those novels, they make it seem sometimes unattainable. Even Jewish great people depict people, and when we're reading stories, you know, especially different types of stories, especially when it's fiction, depicting people in a light that's very hard to achieve and very hard to, to be tangible to try to correspond to, very hard to relate to. Oftentimes you see these books, these, these biographies and these autobiographies are well, not auto, but these biographies oftentimes are are fantastic. But what I find is the flaw in them that it's very hard for the common person to relate. You know, Rav uh, Rav Nassan was reading Gemara from the age of two years old. He never drew on the walls. He didn't ever. He never had an accident. He always listened to his teachers. Stuff like that is very very difficult to relate to. Very difficult to understand. And, to, and that's what I would say those kind of books you have to read with a grain of sand. You should read them for the inspiration. But don't read them for the for the exact motivation how you and your kids have to live. You know, that they were going to Hader at age one and a half and they were sitting with all the other high schoolers. It's not stuff that we can relate to. We have to understand that things have to put things in the right aspect. They have to put things in the right limelight. We have to see that people are regular people. I would actually like to read a biography. I don't like reading biographies. I love novels. But... I liked it to read if there was a novel which showed that a, a gundle, you know, was a regular kid, was a regular teenager, you know, had the, the rough patches and came out at the end, you know, to show that they're always picture perfect is not really so great for a lot of us to hear especially for me not really relatable not really attainable doesn't help me fathom in how to reach the hero element in our own lives we need to see that people had struggles with issues and had different things they had to work on and maybe even you know they they had this or that and and everyone had different aspects and they had sins just like the rest of us in their lives that's why it's very interesting people will say how do we know the torah is true how do we know that it's you know relevant and it's brought to us from Hashem himself because no rational human being would ever write the kind of characters that we wrote in our book no one would ever mention a crazy story like like the Lot story when he ran away with his own kids no one would ever write the story of Yehud and Tamar no one ever would write these crazy stories that you would know in these other religions, these other ways of life, they would never pick, depict anyone as some, as anything other than utterly perfect and utterly straight-of-the-road and nothing else. They wouldn't write the stories of their brother selling Yosef. They wouldn't have the stories of... Um, of Moshe running away to Midian after after getting involved in a fight. They wouldn't write the story of Kain and Hevel. They wouldn't have any of these things. The whole Boratius has crazy stories and different struggles with issues and diff- even sins that different characters had in Tanakh purposely showing us how to attain sort of levels of that. You know, they say the paradigm of tshuva, the paradigm, the the prototypical element of a person who we're supposed to look forward, look towards, is that dov and melach. Of course, the crazy story, we're not supposed to delve into the story the gemara says anyone who says that david sinned himself is is mistaken and is sinning himself but obviously the whole story with bachev and uri and whatnot very difficult story to understand and david himself when nasa Navi comes and tells him the story of the the person that has a lot of lambs and one person has one lamb david right away says and he realizes he lost a kid over the whole story and it's Interesting to see that David himself is the paradigm of chuva whereas Shaul, when he's told that he did something wrong, it took him a couple of times till he owned up to what he did, to to his mistakes. David himself is the one that we look to. He wrote the whole Tehillim. How many people turn towards Tehillim for most aspects of their life, from good to bad, to from only wonderful things we should know from? But that's the prototype of the book that we look to, and it's the prototype of the person oftentimes we look to. You look closely at the leaders in Tanakh. Look how they're portrayed. Hashem specifically put into our history the faults of our ancestors and heroes and leaders, the stories that don't seem to portray the characters in Tanakh. In the best way, Yaakov having to take the brachos in a deceitful way, for example, Avram having to send away Yishmael, Moshe getting angry at the Jews in the desert, slamming the rock, striking the rock. Did brothers selling Yosef, Yehuda and Tamar, David and Masheva, just some stories to name a few, show that heroes are regular ordinary people that fight inner struggles and rise to greatness. We need to see how in our own lives, who are the heroes that we can actually look forward to and that we can look towards? Who are the heroes in life that we could look up to that could be our role models, that could be the people that we try to look towards, that we look up towards? We could be our own heroes, but we also look to the heroes that are... Involved in a life every single day, teachers that day in and day out deal with tons of tons of students that were that are so ungrateful, that lack any hakarsetov, that are tov. You know, my wife in her school, every day they had to plan something for Hanukkah. They took them bowling and the girls show up and say, this is what we're doing. We're going bowling. Do you think I went bowling when I was in 6th, 7th, 8th grade? My school didn't have $5. We would have been happy to go bowling. And these people go bullying, they can't even appreciate it, they can't even understand that the teachers put so much effort into it, put so much work into it. The teachers are heroes, the nurses and the doctors that deal with so much death and destruction and so many sad stories and tragic stories. And yet each day keep coming, each day keep going to the hospital, going to the clinic. Even the pediatricians, you know, they see so many terrible cases. They're very severe cases, and they must see hundreds of hundreds of patients. When I go with the baby, when I go with our kids, and this, the, the doctor sits down, and all the doctors are wonderful, we sit down with them, and they give us the time of the day. These are all people that could be inspirations for the heroes among us, and no, they don't wear capes. They might wear scrubs, but they don't wear capes, because a real hero doesn't have to wear a cape, doesn't need to wear a cape. We should be careful not to idolize heroes—the wrong type of heroes. You know, the problem with a lot of types of movies, especially from Disney and Pixar and, and 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 all these other companies, is that they personify things that are seen as hero, and anything that's not like that is not a hero. So, you see the Batman and the Spider-Man and the Iron Man and the Hulk and. You know, in real life, they could be crazy. Iron Man himself is very, very, very narcissistic. He's very self-important uh, and very, very into himself. So, just because he saves the city, he could be a terrible person. That's the fine line that becomes difficult to try to relate to the people. You know, are they a family man? Do they have kids? Do they even get married, or are they just busy uh, saving the world and going to the bar? Saving the world and going to get a drink. Saving the bar, going to eat. The problem is they idolize the kinds of heroes that they don't show normalcy and stable family life. I think eventually they let Iron Man get married and maybe has a kid or two and and I know Arrow Green Arrow or whatever his name is, the the Hawk Hawkeye, very good show, but you can't you can't look towards his life. He leaves his wife and kids for months, years at a time. They don't even know he's alive or not. You can't look to these people to actually see the role model aspect. We have to look to the real heroes, the real people, the real heroes among us, especially in our society, the people that actually delve in the Torah and delve in the in the tzedakah and in chesed and in Torah learning throughout their lives day in and day out. And I would say the real best examples are not the people that are, are only involved in it, but ha- find the right balance, find the proper balance. If a person heads up a chesed organization but is never home then who's taking the hit at the end of the day? And if a person is only home but never leaves the home and never contributes to society either, then society's losing out too. There has to be a fine line. There has to be a way to juggle and find the balance, the right work-life balance. You know, you can contribute for so many hours, maybe take a break for to be with your wife and kids when they come home, and then go back at night when everybody's sleeping, when they fall asleep, and, and do what you can to contribute. There has to be a proper balance. You can't leave them for months, for weeks, and, and days on end for hours on end because they say chesed and tzedakah starts at the home. If the home suffers, and is there really tzedakah and chesed to begin with? We have to find the aspect to how to actually juggle it properly. A more relatable Type of a protagonist we could think of when we read stories and we see stories. When we're talking about heroes, not putting them on pedestals and high planes, when that's not the case in real life. Especially because it doesn't show proper aspects to how to really be a good husband, how to really be a good dad, which are the things you're supposed to take home, or be a good mom, or be a good wife. Just because you go save the world, but then you're you're neglecting your kids and they're neglected and God forbid, abused and not taken care of, then they're going to be messed up for life. Who's the hero then? The more relatable type of hero would be that of the every man, every woman hero explained by Wikipedia. Every man in literature drama is an ordinary individual with whom the audience is able to easily identify, not someone whose hands turn to ice, not someone who's able to jump through walls, not someone who the only thing he has to worry about is kryptonite, not someone who has a gazillion dollars and makes every invention under the planet, not someone who's bitten by a radioactive spider, you get the drift. A regular, ordinary individual who everyone can easily identify with. Every man is generally a protagonist whose benign conduct fosters the audience's wide identification with him or her once facing an extraordinary challenge every man may mount an exceptional response nonetheless perhaps even fulfilling a hero's journey that's the journey you read about in the arc of the book when you get to the climax of the book and then it peters out acquiring exceptional abilities after all that complement his commonplace humble core Generally a modern everyman, although perhaps adolescent, is neither a child nor elderly. And is physically unremarkable. If you take away the magic from Harry Potter, he is an ordinary, very ordinary kid who starts out 11 years old. And he goes on this journey where he matures and, and deals with a lot of death and destruction around him. If you take away the magic element, there's a lot of elements that he had to come to terms with. He had to... Learn to not have parents and to rely on friends, and they talk about friendship and loyalty and courage and bravery, all wonderful elements to really relate to. And he had no real model for parents, except for Weasley, of course, who's his best friend, so Weasley's parents, which end up becoming his in-laws. But in general, you know, you take away the magic, there are very strong messages involved in the book. Obviously, that's not a Jewish book, but just an example of bravery and courage and loyalty and and honesty and difficult decisions. I'm sure there's a hundred other verbs my wife could think of because she's even better into Harry Potter than me. But you think about the person going on the journey, and it's a full 360 because it's a full journey through seven years until he finally gets to the, the, the epitome of the story, and then they have a sequel. But usually the person goes through these journeys, the hero's journey, acquiring exceptional abilities after all. That compliment is commonplace humble core, and there are numerous instances of every woman too generally. A modern everyman, and we use this term, everyman, talking about the story. Again, I'm a huge fan of reading. I love stories. I love novels, especially mystery, suspense, thriller, and the Jewish folklore, whether it's from Anucha Publishers, my favorite, or Tsufto or School, through Shar Press, or Feldheim. There are many out there nowadays, thank God. Even in these stories, these very fascinating stories, and you see the trajectory starting in the beginning and going to the ending. A modern everyman, although perhaps adolescent, is neither a child nor elderly and, again, is physically unremarkable. Although his intellect and integrity may be appreciable, he typically lacks the privilege of authority or prosperity and occupies the middle class or lower class with the bulk of society. He typically shows some moral idealism yearning for greater success and foresight in career or family life, or life, yet his modest means may compound life's vicissitudes while his own virtues, casting him in roles valuable to others may escalate his own troubles. Still, by his resourcefulness and fortitude, he may fulfill his modest ambitions, often furthering the greater good as well. So the regular per- person and regular story in regular society that oftentimes is thrown into the mix, thrown into the picture, which is the story and setting for many, 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 many books out there. This is the character that can be more re- realistic and more relatable to everyday life. Average Joe comes across a situation. How is Average Joe going to respond? The Jewish definition and a definition for ourselves of an everyman hero, a gibor, is the key to live up to. It can still be the person rising to the occasion. Someone you look to or someone who could be proud of for others to look up to. And a role model, but it encapsulates something else. Something that is actually attainable for each and every one of us. And the key phrase <coughs> that comes to mind is that of Pirkei Avos. We're going to, God willing, come to this in a couple of weeks when we come back. From hiatus on the TTPA, Tiny Talks Perkyovus, God willing. When we come to Paragdalid, chapter four on season six, Ben Zoma Omer, very, very famous from Michelet, Ezehugibor, HaKovish HaSitzro. No, the actual Pesach is from Mishlei, but Ezehu Gibor HaKovish Who is the really strong person? Who is the really heroic person? The person that has to uh, subdue fight his evil inclination. It is much more difficult to conquer traits than it is to build cities because one takes physical fortitude, the other takes spiritual, emotional fortitude. The person that has been battling alcohol his whole life, battling drugs his whole life, battling whatever comes his way whether it be gambling or the internet or his phone or the substance or whatever it is everyone has what they have to fight and work on the person who is working on that that's the real definition of gibor not the samson who has this the muscles of uh, 15 men in one person the actual spiritual muscles the real hero is the one that fights his evil inclination every day. And we know that the Gemara tells us the Yetzirah Zahara threatens to kill a person every day. The only way he could rise up and try to beat him even one day, let alone try to beat him every day, you got to take one day at a time, is because of Hashem. The proof is, how do we know this? Because the Apostle Mishlei says, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, the physical mighty. And he that rules his spirit is stronger than he that takes a city. Key proof from Mishle. The strong person is not the bodybuilder, is not the weightlifter, is not the Superman that has fifteen muscles and biceps since he was created in nineteen forty two by Schuster. It is the person that's actually inner strong, has the inner strength, the inner conviction, the moral fortitude to actually stand up to a situation. All your a very small example, all your people around you at work leave at 2.20 for example, I work for the city, and we have the hours of 8 to 3, and uh, some people leave at 2.20, some people live at 2.30. In the summer, you're supposed to leave at 2.40. Everyone in the building leaves at 2.20. What do you do? Your contract says 8 to 2.30. 8 to 2.35, but nobody's going to know. It's not written down. Everybody signs out at lunch anyway. What are you going to do? Do you go when everyone goes? If everyone jump off the bridge, would you jump off too? You have to be your own individual. You have to be your own geek or your own strength your own hero of your own situation. Obviously it's much easier said than done, but you stay till that two thirty, stay till that two thirty-five every day, even though every person walks by you, every person says goodbye, every person says good night. Not so easy in practice, but that if you're able to conquer even one day, that is the heroic stance for the day. That is the heroic ability for the day. Another situation, you're a teacher of uh, 50 students, easily easily done in my wife's situation, she's a teacher. You have a student that is nasty beyond belief and it takes the most inner strength and the most inner conviction in your life to not give back a biting response. These kids, they're hormonal, they're emotional, they're 12 years old, 11 years old, maybe 13 year old if you're that unlucky. What is your response? You could easily say something in the heat of the moment. You could easily say a response. You could bite back. You could say whatever you want in response. What do you say in response? My wife has a lot more patience than me, and I'm sure in most situations she'd be able to to do that. But an average person, an ordinary person taking out of the picture, myself, my wife, or anyone else we know – what would you respond to this person saying nasty comments, mean comments, not just the bowling trip, but day in and day out? I hate you. You're a terrible teacher. Why are you bothering me? Why are you teaching me? I can't do this. I'm going to tell the principal. I want to tell my parents. When my parents are on the board. They pay your salary. You can imagine all the things they say. What is your response? If you don't respond, that's great also. If you respond softly, that's even better. And if you respond calmly without recapitulating anything, That is the most heroic response, and that gets a big round of applause silently, even though nobody's going to give it to you. Underappreciated, undervalued, underutilized, that is a heroic response as well. I have had many bosses, many people in my own life, and many people besides for their professional life and personal life and whatnot, you have people that are aggressive, people that are verbal bullies, people that are very intimidating, people that are very narcissistic. They want to just cut you down. They get a rise, I believe. We've been researching this for the past couple of years. Narcissists get a rise out of the response. The best thing to do to someone who's like this, especially if it's a boss who's aggressive, tries to come at you, tries to put you down. I want your work right now. You have five minutes, Mister Tani, to bring it to me, or else I'm going to call the student's parent. I'm an OT by trade for almost eight years now. Thank God. Love what I do, do what I love, but sometimes you can have bosses that try to undermine everything you do. You have a person that says, I want you taking them during math, not during reading, not during writing. Mind you, you have to juggle eight kids a day, five days a week. You have to have 40 sessions. You have to try to figure out... Everyone's schedule. The school has 850 kids. The school has 700 kids. It has 1,000 kids. You can't please everybody. Some kid is going to have to be taken at some point from writing, from math, from reading. I don't want you taking Johnny from writing. I don't want you taking him from math. Why are you so unprofessional? Why are you such a bad? The previous OT, the previous occupational therapist was so good, so good, so much better than you. They would never do this. So there's so many responses a person, a person could say, I could say. It's hard not to respond. It's hard not to respond harshly, and it's hard not to respond aggressively. But again, that's what they want. That's what they want out of you. They have such bad self-esteem, such bad self-awareness, that for some reason, putting others down lifts them up. So that's the definition. The hallmark of a person that doesn't have proper self-esteem, when they have to put others down because they have no self-worth. So, the best you could do is not to give in to that. The most heroic thing you could do, a real hero, without the cape, without the fanfare, in the moment, the heroic moment for you in the moment, the best thing you could do is actually not respond, or respond very softly, very quietly, not giving them what they want. I hear, I understand, I appreciate, okay, yes. But where's the response? I'm yelling at you. Why are you not yelling back at me? Why are you not raising your voice against me? I'm sorry. That's what you wanted, but that's not what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give that to you. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction to get the rise out of me. I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. A person who's able to subdue any evil inclination, whether it be the biting response, whether it be the heat of the moment, oftentimes I'll get emails or messages that are so... Uncharacteristically nasty for no reason. You know, we work for many organizations, many different side jobs that were just trying to help the cloud, trying to help the world. It's not even mine. I'm, I work on behalf of many other people where I'm trying to to add to the world. What is it your business? What is your problem that you're trying to be nasty to me? It's not me. I didn't create this. You know, I didn't start this. I'm just trying to do a service for you. How could you post this? This is socialistic. How could you? do this? You're charging so much. I didn't create it. I'm just the middleman. You know, There's so many things we could say. And oftentimes my wife will say, it's not worth it. Don't respond or respond this way. And oftentimes we'll write it the next day together because it's much better when two heads are better than one. And when you sleep on things, it sounds much better in the morning. When we're able to conquer the moment, conquer the situation, someone who's able to subdue the evil inclination. Benzoma teaches us that is the real hero. We could be our own hero of our own situation in each situation, in each moment. Because we are stronger of inner spirit, of inner fight than anyone that builds a city. H.com points out from Rochama King Foreman that the definition of a hero really tells lots of different things. Jewish bravery isn't loud and public. You don't need muscles and swords and guns. Here you won't find the sheriff single-handedly facing down a posse of evil guys while all the townsfolk follow each move from behind their windows. Jewish bravery (coughs) is often quiet, (coughs) often muted. It's the battles that take place in your mind, the struggles that happen in the everyday moments, whether you're a four-year-old and I want to scream, I want to tantrum, he took my Lego car, she took my Minecraft, she took my Pokemon car, the chutzpah, or whether you're 40, I cannot believe They had the chutzpah not to give me my severance, not to give me my pay. They let me go after 25 years of working with this company since I was an intern, getting coffee for them when I was 15. The chutzpah, the horridness, the nastiness, the slap in the face, it would be so easy to badmouth the entire company. A guy works in a company for 25 years, helps them build it up from the ground up, and they throw him out like the dirt on the street. How easy would it be to go to the news to badmouth the organization, especially, unfortunately, if it's Jewish and they have many reasons for what they did, but they didn't give you the reasons for what they did That You could easily badmouth them on Facebook nowadays and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest. Everyone's on social media. You could easily... But I'm not telling you not to. I'm saying easily the Ace of Heart could tell you to do these things. The heroic thing to do, the inner conviction, the strength thing to do is to fight all those feelings in the moment. To be your own hero. To be your own person that could stand up with bravery, with courage, with inner conviction, with inner strength. Not to show up and do those things. Not to bad mouth. Even though... They kicked you out after working there for 25 years. You started as a pitcher in high school, a 15-year-old giving coffee to people. You you gave your blood, sweat and tears. You know that I had to miss almost one of my kids' brachos for a meeting of the utmost importance just 5 years ago. You know that I was almost late to my son's Bar Mitzvah because you needed that that last minute meeting and you throw me out like a rag in the street. It would be easy. To get back at the person. What's much harder is to be the hero of that situation, to be the person, not wearing the cape, not getting the fanfare, but having the courage, having the ability, the strength in that situation, not to get back to that person, not to get back to that organization not to get back to that society or that company that really tried to mess you up and again as much as we think that the people are giving us the slap in the face or hitting us with that sick of course they're only the middleman because Hakol me shamayim, chutz me you know we have the choices of doing sins or doing mitzvahs of doing chesed doing torah learning with all these life situations whether a company goes bankrupt or lays a person off low or a person doesn't get their check for the week, a person doesn't have this or that, especially when they desperately need it. It's not from the person, it's not from the organization, it's from Hashem. Hashem is pulling the strings, so who are you really mad at at the end of the day? You know, We're all one organism that comes from Hashem. going to be mad at Hashem, I guess you could be mad at Hashem, but really it's Hashem that's pulling the strings. It's Hashem that's involved. Hashem caused this to happen, so yelling at them really is not going to solve anything because this was the decision that came from on high, that came from Hashem himself. Legends of the Jews point out a person like Moshe Rabbeinu deserves more praise for unusual strength of will than for his natural capacity. For if a person can transform an originally evil disposition or an evil response, an evil setback, and an evil response to a situation into a noble, exalted character, that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Because there's a very famous medrash, a very famous story that is uh, is interesting to think about. After the wonderful exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, and this comes from legends of the Jews, but I believe it comes from elsewhere, the king of Arabia sent an artist to Moshe to paint his portrait, that he might always have the likeness of the divine man before him. He wants a picture of Moshe to put next to him, Obviously, we're not supposed to do that. We don't even know the burial place of Moshe because it's not supposed to be turned into a shrine. The painter returned with his handiwork and the king assembled his wise men, those in particular who were conversant with the science of physiognomy. Physiognomy. He displayed the portrait before them and invited their judgment upon it. The unanimous opinion was that it represented a man, Covetus, Covetus, Covetus. I think Covid is haughty, sensual, in short, disfigured by all possible ugly traits. The king was furious, was indignant that they should pretend to be masters and physiognomy, seeing that they declared the picture of Moshe, the holy Moshe, who we just start reading about this Parsha, Parsha Shamos here in January. The holy divine man to be the picture of a villain? They defended themselves by accusing the painter in turn of not having produced a true portrait of Moshe. Else they would not have fallen into the erroneous judgment they had expressed, but the artist insisted that his work resembled the original closely. Unable to decide who was right, the Arabian king went to see Moshe himself, and he could not but admit that the portrait painted for him was a masterpiece. Moshe, as he beheld him in the flesh, was the Moshe upon the canvas. There could be no doubt but that the highly extolled knowledge of his physiognomy, experts, was empty twaddle. He told Moshe what had happened and what he thought of it. Moshe responded, Thy artists and thy experts alike are masters, each in his line. If my fine qualities were a product of nature, I were no better than a log of wood, which remains forever as nature produced it at the first. Unshamed unashamed i make the, <coughs> excuse me i make the confession to thee that by nature i possess all the reprehensible traits thy wise men read in my picture and ascribe to me perhaps to a greater degree even than they think but i mastered my evil impulses to be a strong-willed person to be a gibor and the character to me my own hero and the character i acquired through severe discipline has become the opposite of the disposition with which I was born. Through this change wrought in me by my own efforts, I have earned honor and commendation upon earth as well as in heaven. So Moshe says that he's born a certain way. Nature versus nurture is always a question in psychology. Sociology, a question for the ages. A person can be born a certain way, but they have to work on themselves for years and years and years throughout their life to change it. Because the hardest thing to do is to change a trait, not to build a city. Ezehu Gibor Tov Gibor Ruach or whatever the phrase is. The working on yourself is what's difficult for him, and what's difficult for a person. You have to work on it every day. Because the Gemara Sukka points out, Rish Lakish said, we said before, a person's evil inclination overcomes him every single day and seeks to kill him. As it says, the wicked watches the righteous and seeks to kill him. It comes from Tehillim. The wicked here is referring to the wickedness inside one's heart. If not for the Holy One, blessed is he, is not for, if not for Hashem himself, who assists him with the good inclination, he would not overcome it. As it is stated, the Lord will not leave him in his hand, no suffer him to be condemned when he is judged, as Tehillim points out. So the question then becomes, and I ask you and we ask ourselves, who then is a real hero, the one who fights the inner battles or the battles all around them in their own homes and their own lives. The real heroes are the ones we don't hear about, we don't see, we don't know about, who struggle with the daily battles and the daily fights literally and figuratively within oneself and within one's surroundings and life situations. Others may struggle with illnesses, physical or mental afflictions, addictions, wants, and relapses. We wouldn't even know it. They struggle silently in their own lives, in their own homes, behind their own four walls, never really knowing what goes on in people's houses and behind closed doors. The real hero can present in many ways. We talked a few examples before. What about a person who has this urge, this uncontrollable urge for McDonald's? He loves the smell of McDonald's, but that day doesn't succumb to the urge and finds a different way to walk home. It would be 10 minutes faster if he went down Main Street, but the McDonald's is so strong on that street instead he has to go down side street and and mini street not main street it takes him 10 extra minutes but he was the hero of his own journey he was the hero of his own story he was the hero of the situation of that day he walked that different way home the person who loves to hear gossip but doesn't join the mitzvah quote-unquote read lush and horror group and instead stays home and does a mitzvah instead calling a partner in Torah for example they're doing a wonderful fundraising the a couple of weeks ago they do wonderful work so instead of for example instead of joining the mitzvah meeting which is really a lashon heart meeting anyway and instead stays home and does a mitzvah or gives to an organization or learns a daf or learns the shinemaker that hour that he would have wasted talking to hear the community gossip even though it's supposed to get together for uh, Making Pekalach for people, what do they do the whole time in that meeting in, uh, in Johnson's in town, a, a town I made up? Really, they just gossip and schmooze about the town, so by skipping that meeting, he just saved himself from being over like a thousand, like, uh, 17 laven, 17 averas, the Chavis points out, and instead stays home and learns that daf, he turned that hour from a Lash and Hara Avera hour into a mitzvah hour. He was the hero of that hour, the hero of that situation. He took his inner strength, his inner conviction, was the hero himself and was able to turn it around. What about the parent struggling with many little kids going crazy after a day of school, trying to make dinner? And she suppresses the anger and annoyance at the children. Or the lone officer who had the ability, who had the capability, he could easily just add 0.1% the the buyer wouldn't have known instead of three percent for their house loan it could have been three point one percent he told them it was going to be down from three point five he's still saving them point four would anybody know i just add one point one percent i'll make an extra five grand for the sale the buyer won't know the homeowner won't know what's it going to hurt them no one has to know if it doesn't if no one knows it doesn't hurt right but he said but he suppressed that urge to make that interest to make that money and he gave them that three point zero percent, not taking any extra for himself. That is also the hero at work. Nobody knows about it. Nobody knows about that struggle, about that inner battle that the that uh, Joe had that day with his clients, the the Schmendersons. But he was able to suppress that urge and to suppress that ad- ability to take that extra interest, that 0.1% that wouldn't have even chalked up to much more, but for him would have been a kickback, but he didn't take it in the end. He easily could have made thousands, but he didn't. And that overeating foodie who resisted the urge to go by and eat in another food shop that day, another food shop that day. All these are examples of the real heroes within and among us. The person fighting against all of their urges, against all of their wants, the one who stand up every day as a soldier in the army of Hashem to take the evil inclination down. These are the people who are the real heroes, the heroes that are really us. We just don't realize it. We just don't know it yet. You look at the, de- the definition of a hero. It's a central character, a hero like thyself, as Joshua points out, a brave person, a mighty person, a strong person, a bold person, a courageous person, someone who has valor, someone who has might, someone who has courage and heroism, someone <coughs> who has nobility. <coughs> excuse me, someone who has nobility in them, someone who has honor in them, someone who is able to sanctify the name of Hashem, to manifest fidelity to religion by noble deeds. The person who is able, Mishle points out, tov erach hapayim gibor baruch we talked about in the beginning, greater is the withholder of his wrath than the hero and the ruler of his spirit, the conqueror of his evil inclination than the conqueror of a city. Gibor also is allusion to gevurah, the Orachim points out in Shemos, it's an allusion to heroism, to bravery. Yitzchak teaches us about gibor, about gevurah, a strength and heroism also awesome, to be able to take the, the mantle from Avram and bring it to Yaakov. Oftentimes he's seen as just the link in the chain, but he had to have the strength of character to be his own person to begin with. There are different kinds of temperaments that Perkevus points out also. Arba Mirdos B'deos, God willing, we'll get to it in chapter 5. Kasha Lichos, V'Noach Noach Rasha, the person who it's hard to become angry and easy to be appeased. This is the best type of quality. I don't have it. Not many people have it. It's very hard to get that level. We shall be Zocha to get that level one day. But it's a person who it's hard to make angry but easy to appease. That's the, that's the best type of a person. Think about Hillel. You know that Hillel was bothered on Arab Shabbos once by a guy who came. The Gemara talks about, the Talmud talks about, and I asked him like hundreds of questions. You know how busy like Friday is for the rest of us, for the regular people among us? Kalva Homer for Hillel, who was a great, great sage during the times of the Talmud, didn't actually make a lot of money. And when he went into the study economy, he had to give half his money to tuition and half to his family. One time he had no money. He went to the roof in the brutal cold weather and he almost had frostbite. They see his form on the roof. They drag him down in the morning and they have to bring him to the fire and they let him come into the study hall after that. This Hillel was tried to be made angry by this... um, by the shnook, this shmendrick, this, this no-goodnook, on Arab Shabbos, just to test his patience. And the Gemara talks about it, and testifies how Hillel answered him again and again. Why do Babylonians have round heads? Why does an esrog look like this? Why does it look like that? Different, ex- different questions. I don't remember the examples, except for the head one. But they tried to make him... Angry, and he wasn't able to be made angry. Someone who's able to conquer that—that's a really heroic person. That's a really strong person. We got to be brave as a lion. As Berelovitz points out elsewhere, Yoda Ben Teima teaches us to be ari brave as a lion. We just read by last week, my Bar Mitzvah parsha, my birthday parsha. One of the brachas talked about is Yehuda. He's like a lion. A achacha. You know, yedachav orfayvecha. Yehuda is like a lion. Strong like a lion. The royal family is like a lion. You have to be brave and strong like a lion to do the will of Hashem and to be able to conquer these different situations, to be the hero of your own story, to be courageous and brave, as the Ebenezer points on Devarim. Know that Hashem will stand with you in different place and that you have to take the strength of character to be able to do what you can the Improvement of Moral Qualities talks about how you have to subdue your soul's anger and prevail upon nature to restrain it, to be a noble person and an exalted person, to be a Gibor and Mohammed, be a hero. In the fight. And the Orachim points out in Devarim also that the hallmark, the conduct of the Jewish people that's really proper, depends on its ability to vanquish its evil urge. Our verses come to remind man as soon as his soul leaves the celestial fears and comes to the body, comes to the human, he must be prepared to struggle with the Yaj in every Form and fast as possible they have to be involved in a milchama, a war a spiritual war our whole life this is what's talking about where you have to be strong enough to conquer temptations to conquer your your evil inclinations throughout your life not a military hero but a person as Orchim points out also elsewhere a war where you have to go against the inner nature the evil urge is extremely tough adversary, and it's there every single day, stronger than most human powers. But Hashem helps to show that you have the ability to stand strong. The king himself and other people have to be able to stand up. The person who is able to conquer the base instincts is the really strong person. The person battles the evil inclination to excel in good deeds and character traits. This is the most important battle of the life in our life you have to make sure to stand and be that hero someone who can subdue his anger the true hallmark of the person Redeemer relevance points out is to have that humility to be the jewish hero to suppress the anger that dr canon points out to be that hero who could conquer the emotions righteous people displaying the true heroism what we should do in our lives also to make sure to conquer that anger. To be standing like a hero, not to be easily excited, but to conquer over the spirit. As Nativus Olam points out, and Shnei also points out, conquering the rage, conquering the temple. And making sure to not only have the ability to have the inner strength and, and conviction, but also have the chesed. As Kedush Levyas points out, the ability to do chesed for all of those around us to make sure to do what we can to stand up and to be the the strength of all of those around us to conquer the evil inclination from the moment of the emergence it tries to hurt us, Sonajra points out. In the ability, you know, the for thirteen years the evil inclination tries to fight us until finally the age of twelve is let loose and finally is allowed to conquer all the damage that the evil was done before that. Well, we have to make sure to be that hero, to do what we can, to subordinate ourselves, to fight against the the Yitzhahara, to restrain the Yitzhahara, to do what we can in our life, to make sure that we are righteous in our life. And understand the Pasuk, by the way, a great Pasuk to live by is Kisheva Yipal Tzadik Vikam from Mishlei. Seven times the righteous man falls and gets up. The wicked are tripped by one misfortune, there's everyone sins and the question is what to do afterwards you have to have the mighty and courageous heart to get a grip with yourself to make sure to fight against the nature to do what you can to use your strength to use your courage to be able to fulfill our purpose in each situation in life to use nobility of spirit to sanctify hashem with a dreaming and inner conviction to make sure to get chesed done to get sadaqa done and to get mitzvahs done in this world to make sure there's justice in the land and there's good things in the world so that when we're involved in different aspects of our life to have noble traits and noble deeds in our life when the soul is noble when the heart is noble then we're able to use our ability to make sure that there is good things done in the world in the world and to make sure that there's a wonderful effect that we're having on the world so when you look at this heroes and you see the heroes in your midst and what society deems as heroism think about what it really means in your own life. Think about these aspects of the, that are immortalized, that are made larger than life. Look at yourself. Look at each situation. Look at how Tanakh portrays our real heroes, understanding the true worth, understanding the every man, the every woman. How we can look at a situation and think about the real aspect of what a real hero is, is to be the Gibor of our story, to be the strength, the hero of our story, the strength in our situation, the strength in each moment where we're faced with a challenge, when you're able to struggle but you vanquish it then you could really be the hero of your story, the hero of your situation, the hero of your moment. And I wish you much, haslacha in all your heroism, in all your life. Join us next time as we talk Tani Talks Radio here, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.com, where we talk a topic for the week with the audience members for them to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.